0: Welcome to The Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of The Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to The Grind It Podcast. Today we're gonna cover Matthew chapter two, and we'll cover the whole chapter in this podcast. In Matthew chapter 2, he starts off by giving his readers a a timeline for when uh, Jesus was born, Jesus the Messiah, his birth had taken place, as Matthew says, that Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. And this is important for several reasons, because there's a prophecy in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, that talks about where the Messiah would be born, specifically in Bethlehem. And Micah 5, 2 says, But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, are only a small village among all the people of Judah, yet a ruler of Israel, whose origins are in the distant past, will come from you on my behalf. Isn't that just like God? I I mean, the smallest of villages is able to birth the greatest human being that ever walked the face of the earth. So don't ever think just because you're small that you can't do things big. And, and, and that's a great lesson for me because I've always been small. I'm still small. But with God's help, I can still do big things. If you're small, with God's help, you can still do big things. Bethlehem, this small little village, because of this prophecy way back in Micah five two, was able to birth the Messiah. All because there was going to be a census called, and and Joseph and Mary had to come and 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 be counted. And while they were there, Mary uh, goes into labor, and sure enough, they couldn't find room in the inn. And they had to stay with somebody's at somebody's home uh, down in the the bottom portion of their home with the animals because there was no, just no room anywhere. And so Jesus would be born in a manger in this little old village called Bethlehem, and it all stems back to this prophecy in Micah five two. But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah are only a small village among all the people of Judah. Yet a ruler of Israel whose origins are in the distant past will come from you on my behalf. And the, another thing I want to mention is that Jesus was born because this gives us a time frame of the birth of Christ, uh, the Messiah. He was born during the reign of Herod. And you you can Google all the information about this stuff and look at all the arguments that's going on because uh there are some questions from if you take luke's gospel and and i've already done i've broken down luke's gospel i've done all kinds of podcasts on the book of luke and you can go back and listen to those if you would like would really appreciate it if you did and uh uh, because luke mentions about uh quirinius being governor uh at the time of the census and and so people make these arguments that there was no way this census, ha- census happened because Quirinius wouldn't have been governor during Herod's reign. And like I said, you can go back and study all that. But we're, we're trying to piece together stuff that's 2,000 years old. But you can rest assured, because Luke, if you go back and listen to the podcast, you'll hear this. But And if you do studies uh, uh, for yourself on Luke, you will see that Luke, being a doctor, he gives a lot of details. And his details, there there, are people who try to take the book of Luke. Sir William Ramsey uh, was an archaeologist who went back and tried to use the book of Luke to disprove the Bible. And when he got to uh, digging and, and he found uh, all this information, particularly on the word polytarch, uh, because he tried to say that word was never used, and and Luke uh, didn't know what he was talking about, basically, and 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 he finds an, a, a piece of stone with the inscription polytarch on it, and it was exactly used in the context that Luke used it in. So, even though you, Luke uses all these um, uh, uh, statistics and facts and and times, they're they're a hundred percent accurate. The the Bible can be trusted and 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 so it it can be difficult at times when we're 2000 years removed but Luke been right there on the scene just just 20 to 30 years and uh, uh removed from when Jesus died on the cross and ascended back to the father and 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 there were people that he he even mentions how he interviewed people who was with Jesus who knew Jesus firsthand spent time with Jesus and so uh, he would interview these people. So he had first-hand information. So we, we know that these Gospels are accurate. And But but an interesting study, if you want to go back and, you, and, and, and Google all that stuff on your own, it, it, it's interesting to read. But Matthew says that Jesus was born uh, during the reign of Herod, Herod the Great. Um, and then he's going to introduce... These wise men, uh, also known as Magi, they were more than likely, they were astrologers, men who studied uh, the stars, and they have noticed this real um, strange, I guess it would be an okay word to use, but there was this certain star that has appeared and it seemed to move around and it has caught their attention, and they want to study this star, and as they study this star, they notice that it's moving. And so they begin to follow this star, and we'll see later on in the chapter that they followed the star for about two years, and then eventually this star would lead them uh right to Jesus so because they wanted to go and worship uh the messiah and and I don't know how they knew about the Messiah, but these wise men who who were astrologers uh, evidently they knew something about the prophets. Of the Old Testament and the prophecies concerning the Messiah, because they had literally their purpose in coming to Jerusalem was to find the Messiah, because they had brought gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and, and they wanted to give these gifts to the to the Christ Child, and they wanted to worship the Messiah. Um, and so we're introduced here in Matthew to these wise men who were astrologers and they have followed this star and this star has led them to jerusalem and they're going to discover that uh the star again and it's going to bring them to where the baby jesus is or the child jesus is there in bethlehem and they're going to present um they're going to present their gifts to the uh, messiah but um they come to Jerusalem and they ask the question, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose and we have come to worship him. And one word that they said uh, as they made this announcement and, and, and pronounced why they are there, there's a certain word that rang out very loudly in Herod's ears and that would be the word king. King of the Jews. Where is this newborn King of the Jews? We've we've saw his star. We've come here to worship him. And so when Herod heard the word a new king, well, he felt threatened. He felt that he that this new king would would grow up and take his place. Therefore, he's going to lose his power. He's going to lose his authority, and, and he's going to lose his prestige. And one thing that I've learned. Throughout, I'm 50 years old now, so in 50 years of life, one thing I have definitely learned is you don't mess with somebody's power, their money, and their authority. If you try to challenge it, it gets really, really ugly. Uh, and, and so Herod felt threatened by this n- newborn baby that is called the king of the Jews. And, and um, not only was Herod Uh, Matthew says that King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. So not only was Herod disturbed, but the whole city of Jerusalem was disturbed. And if you think about it, uh, they should be excited because uh, uh, they got all of these prophecies that have been prophesied hundreds and hundreds of years earlier before the birth of the Messiah And so they should be looking for the Messiah. They've been taught about the Messiah. They are looking for the Messiah. God has been silent for about 400 years. Remember, Elizabeth is pregnant with John the baptizer, the forerunner of Jesus, who's going to pave the way he's born uh and then Jesus is going to be born the Messiah and here are these strangers showing up in Jerusalem saying hey we've heard the Messiah's born this star has led us here and we're here to present these gifts to him and we want to worship the Messiah and the people are scared to death and Herod is is deeply troubled because he knows he's about to lose his position of power um and so uh Verses 7 and 8, Herod puts on a show for the wise men. And he's going to act like he's interested in meeting the Messiah so that he could go and worship him too. In verse 7 through 9, it says, Herod, Matthew says, Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men and he learned from them that the time when the star first appeared. Keep that in mind, that's important. Uh, he learned from them when the time uh, the star first appeared. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. And so one of the things I thought of when I read that was this, is evil is always deceitful. It, it appears nice. It's like a what we call a a, a wolf in sheep's clothing. Uh, I remember uh, watching Bugs Bunny growing up, and, and the old sheep dog who was watching the, the field of sheep, and, and wiley e. Coyote would always put on uh, the, the sheep uh, skin the fake sheepskin and he would go out and, and and pretend to be a sheep and he would try to grab one of the sheep and take off he, he was a wolf in sheep's clothing uh, he was there to do evil he was there to do harm but yet he appeared to be nice and that's exactly what's going on here with Herod he's appearing to be nice he's appearing to be interested in this messiah this newborn king because he wants to go and worship him too but Really what Herod wanted to do was kill, which, you know, it's hard for us to even imagine. Why would you want to go and kill a baby? It's because he didn't want to lose his power. He didn't want to lose his brain or his money or his authority. Um, And so he pretended that he was interested. Hey, whenever you find this child, you come back and tell me where I can find him and I can go and worship him too. And so verses 9 through 11, Matthew says, After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star that they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. And it went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. And they entered the house, and they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and Mur. So, a few thoughts I have about this passage here. This was no ordinary star, by the way. Uh, it moved around and they followed it. It disappeared and, and then would reappear. That's why it says that they saw the star and they were filled with joy. Well, evidently the star had disappeared and had popped back up on the scene whenever they were ready to travel to uh, Bethlehem. And they were filled with joy. So, this is no ordinary star um and with them following the star meaning the star is is moving as i've already mentioned several times this reminds me of the story in the old testament when uh the hebrews were uh slaves in egypt and god is going to lead them out of egypt and, and do you remember how he led them out of egypt he led them by a cloud by day and a fire By night, so they would follow this cloud during the day, and then by night, there were you know since the the, obviously the night sky is is dark, it's black. So a big fireball will would appear, and it moved. And whenever the fireball moved, they would follow the fireball. They would know where to go because God is leading them by this fireball. Well, I believe that's what's going on here, and something very similar is going on here in in Matthew's gospel. Because uh, this was a uh, strange star that had caught their attention, they followed this star. It has led them to to Jerusalem. It's disappeared. They come back out from the meeting with Herod. They they're ready to go to Bethlehem and find this Messiah, this this baby, this child, so that they can worship it and present their their offerings to the Messiah. And so all of a sudden. The star appears again and it begins to move and they begin to follow and they're filled with joy and the star leads them to the house Matthew says where the child was with his mother Mary and there they were able to present him with the gifts that they had brought and they had bowed down and worshiped him and going back uh, when 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 uh that fireball was leading the, the Hebrew people out of Egypt it was known as the Shekinah glory of God and there are many people who have done studies on this and it's nothing you can google on your own time but there are people who are convinced that this uh, star was the Shekinah glory of God just like it was in the Old Testament when God was leading the Hebrew people out of Egypt and here God is leading these wise men to the place where the Messiah is so that they could present their gifts and worship him. Um now, don't get mad at me, but I'm going to blow your uh church's Christmas plays out of the water. Um because at this point um there okay, so we always say three wise men and we get that because of the the three uh gifts that are mentioned here, gold, fr- uh, frankincense and myrrh. Um but we don't know how many magi or wise men were there. Uh, there could have been two, there could have been ten, there could have been twenty. We don't know. We do know that there are, uh, at least three different types of gifts, and there were probably even more gifts that were given. Um, but we don't know how many magi were there that day. We know there were at least two because, uh, it's plural. Um, but, you know, when when a church has a, a Christmas play, they'll have three. And it's always with a baby Jesus. Well, we don't know how many wise men were there. And it was not a baby that they saw when they arrived uh, in um, Jerusalem or when they arrived in Bethlehem. Because if you remember, Jesus was born in a manger with animals. At this point in time, he is in a house. And he is called a child. He's in a house with his mother, Mary. And I'm sure Joseph was there too. But in particular, uh, Mary was, well, we know Joseph was there because they're fixing to get out of Dodge here in a few minutes. Um, But Jesus at this point is no longer a baby in a manger. He's a child inside of a house. uh, and And the reason why we say this is because it took these wise men some time to travel to Jerusalem when they first saw the star, right? They're following the star. And so they're traveling west because they're from the east, so they're traveling west to get to Jerusalem, to get to Bethlehem. And when Herod, uh, he's going to do an evil deed. He's going to have all the children slaughtered in Bethlehem, in and around Bethlehem. And and these children that he's going to have killed, all these male children, he starts at the year of two years of age and under so every male child in and around bethlehem two years old or under younger um, is going to be slaughtered by Herod because he, he wants to get rid of this threat to his power to his kingdom to his reign to his throne to his money his prestige and so he has all the children in bethlehem and around bethlehem that are two years old or the male children two years old and under killed which tells us that it took, a, when, when Herod talked to these wise men in this interview, he had asked them, um, how, how, how long has it been since you first saw the star? And they tell him, so he does a calculation because he remembers what they said. And his calculation would mean that it was around two years. And it took them two years to travel there. So they came a long ways. And, and so that's why he would start at the two-year mark and go under and that way he would be sure to, to to wipe out his threat to the throne but what he didn't understand was that God was going to take care of the Messiah this was God's plan and and God was going to allow his plan to prosper therefore the angel is going to come and, and uh, uh, warn Joseph and Mary to get out of Dodge because Herod is wanting to kill uh, Jesus Um. But Jesus, we don't know how many wise men there are. There's at least two. Could be three. Could be 33. And we don't know. Um, And we know that Jesus is not a baby in a manger, which is what most churches use in the play. Um, He was a child anywhere from one to two years old because Herod is going to have all the male children wiped out in and around Bethlehem uh notice that they had numerous numerous treasure chests and matthew mentions that they're filled with at least three things uh gold frankincense and myrrh gold representing uh and this is what most people say that gold represents the kingship of jesus that he was a king and we know that he is the king of kings um people tried to chase him around and make him a king on earth but jesus said my kingdom is not of this world meaning that his kingdom is in heaven it 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 it's in a place that we're trying to get to uh and the only way we can get there is to be washed in the blood of Jesus the only way we can be a part of uh of the kingdom of God is to be washed in the blood of Jesus um Jesus said I am the way the truth and the life no man can come to the father except through me we have to be washed in the blood of Jesus to be a part of the kingdom um, but Jesus is the King of Kings. So this gold is, uh, represents the kingship. Frankincense would, would, uh, uh, uh represent worship. And then myrrh represents death and mourning. If you remember when Jesus was on the cross, they, they offered him some myrrh, which was a, a painkiller. Uh, and he refused it. Um, but a question that, that I happen to think of, And I've never thought of this before, and I've been studying the Bible for a very long time, uh, is what did Mary and Joseph do with all this valuable treasure? I mean, they would be absolutely rich by getting these gifts uh, from these astrologers, from these wise men. What The Bible never says, and so I think when I get to heaven... If I'm able to to talk and be able to reason and 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 I think I will you know to have discussions with people about things that I' thought of, I'm going to ask what did you do with all of this money that that all these treasures that you have obtained you know the Bible doesn't say but i'm I'm interested in knowing, and I can't believe I've never thought about that before um because they did a lot of traveling they had to they had to leave town for a little while um because uh, of the threat of Herod and they're going to be warned we're about to see here in just a second as i finish and read this scripture they they were warned by an angel to get out of town because um Herod wanted to kill Jesus verse 12 through 17 Matthew says when it was time to leave they returned to their own country by another route for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod after the wise men were gone an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream now you know I'm pretty sure by now that Joseph has learned his lesson about angels appearing in dreams and him being obedient because this has happened if you remember when uh, in, in the last chapter when uh Mary shows up three months pregnant after she'd been visiting Elizabeth and Joseph's freaking out and he's trying to figure out how he could put her away privately and divorce her and not make her a public example example because by law he could have her stoned to death, um, the angel appears to Joseph in a dream which means that he was exhausted and he had laid down to take a nap and get some rest. And the angel appears to him in a dream and says, hey, this is from God. Everything's fine. You need to take Mary and go marry her and, and, and raise this child because this is God's child. This is the Messiah, which is pretty awesome and pretty heavy. So Joseph has learned, you know, if God comes to you in a dream, you listen and you be obedient. And so here's uh, the angel of the Lord appears to Joseph in a dream. He says, get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother, the angel said. Stay there until I tell you to return, because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. And that night Joseph left. Yep, see, he learned his lesson. For Egypt, uh, that night Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary, his mother, and they stayed there until Herod's death. This fulfilled what the Lord has spoken through the prophet. I called my son out of Egypt. And that prophet was Hosea. And that can be found in 11 verse 1. Uh, Herod was furious when he realized that the wise men had outwitted him and he sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under based on the wise men's report of the star's first appearance. Herod's brutal action fulfilled what God has spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A cry was heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning. Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to to be comforted, for they are dead. And that comes from Jeremiah 31, 15. This is why that we say Jesus was around two years old because he had asked uh, Herod had asked the wise men when they had first seen the star and he calculated it to be around uh, two years. Therefore, to make sure that he kills uh, this king that's going to threaten his rule, he has all the male children in Bethlehem that were two years old and under killed, but he did not kill the one he was trying to kill Because God had his hand on him, he protected him and his family, and they had already skipped town after being warned by an angel, which a question arises in my mind, and maybe it it has come to your mind uh, as well at some point. Why did God only choose to warn Joseph and Mary to leave town? Why not warn all the families in Bethlehem? to get out of Dodge, to get out of town because Herod is coming to kill your children. doesn't seem fair, does it? Um, but here's the deal. Uh And that's a heavy question and hard to answer, but I'm not God. Uh, I don't tell God what to do. I don't make the decisions for God. And no, nobody on this earth does. God is God. He is sovereign and we're not. And, Every decision that God makes is the right decision. It is correct. Um, In fact, if you think about it, this had to happen because of the prophecy from Jeremiah. If God had warned everybody and spared the children, the prophecy uh, about Rachel weeping for her children that we just read uh, in Jeremiah, um, if God had warned everybody and spared the children, this prophecy would have been boss um and if you think about it there's there's a, a lot of stuff in the old testament and uh, especially old testament but uh also in the new testament uh that just makes us scratch our head and, and think why why is this happening or why did this happen or why did god uh why did god allow this to happen this makes no sense to me uh, and, and and you may be even Asking that question about things in your life today. Why is God allowing this to happen? Why why is this going on over here? Um, and I want to share with you a verse that someone shared with me many years ago uh, that just kind of puts it all in perspective um, when things don't make sense. Deuteronomy 29.29. 29. That's easy to remember. Deuteronomy 29.29. 29. It says... The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may follow all the words of this law. I want to read that again. Deuteronomy twenty-nine, twenty-nine. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, But the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may follow all the words of this law. So it's okay to question God. It's okay not to understand God sometimes because God's going to make decisions that don't make sense to us. But he has a reason for making those decisions. And it, and it can blow our minds. There's things that's going to, that he allows to go on in our lives that, that are hard. And, and, and life is, doesn't seem fair sometimes, and it's not easy. Life is difficult, um, and it's okay to question God. He already knows how we feel. He already knows that we're mad. He already knows that we're upset, and, and he knows every emotion that we're going through. He's not. He He sees all that, so why not just talk to him about it? But here's the thing we have to be careful of. We don't want to get mad at god over something we're going through in our lives and then walk away from god because where do you go if you walk away from god everything here is just temporary god is eternal and if you turn away from god first of all there's there's no more salvation for your sins because jesus being god is, is the only way to heaven and if we walk away from jesus and we say i'm not following you anymore well you just studied the book of hebrews you can go back and listen to the, those podcasts. And that's the whole point of the book of Hebrews. He's, th- these people are turning away from Jesus and going back into Judaism because of persecution. And they're like, hey, I wasn't getting beaten. I wasn't getting threatened in Judaism. So I'm going back to Judaism. Forget this Jesus stuff. This is too hard. And he says, hey, if you you walk away from Jesus, it, you, you stay in that sin. There remains no more sacrifice for your sins. And you're just trampling all over what Jesus has done you need to stick with jesus and that's my advice to you keep deuteronomy 29 29 in your mind yeah the secret things belong to god but he's revealed a ton of stuff to us and everything that is revealed it's for our good it's, it's for our learning and it's so that we can have a relationship with him through jesus the messiah and that's who we're studying about in the book of matthew so be careful Get mad at God. Question God. But do not stop trusting God. Do not stop following God or Jesus. Keep on keeping on. And so Matthew says, When Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph, that's the third time, in Egypt. And he says, Get up, the angel said, and take the child and his mother back to the land of Israel because those who were trying to kill the child are dead. So Joseph got up and returned to the land of Israel with Jesus and his mother. But when he learned that the new ruler of Judea was Herod's son, Archelaus, he was afraid to go there. And then after being warned in a dream, the fourth time, there's your fourth warning in a dream, he left for the region of Galilee. So the family went and lived in a town called Nazareth. And this is uh, a fulfillment of a prophecy. Um, as Matthew says, this will fulfill what the prophets had said. He will be called a Nazarene, and this is crucial because at some point, when Jesus is going around picking his disciples, there's this guy named Philip, and Philip goes to his friend Nathaniel, and he says, Hey, we have. This is found in John, I believe, John chapter one. Uh, he says, We have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth and uh nathaniel just yells out nazareth can any good could anything good come from nazareth and philip says come and see for yourself and that is how i'm going to end this podcast to come and check jesus out for yourself if you've never made him your lord and savior by all means Study about him. Listen to the, my previous podcast on the book of Luke and the book of John, the, the, those two gospels, and, and we break down all, all they say about Jesus. Uh, read the Bible for yourself. Ask people that you know your, that, that follow Christ. Ask them questions. Get in the word yourself and get to know Jesus. Come and see for yourself. Don't take my word for it. Don't take any other preacher's word for it. Don't take your parents' word for it. Get to know Jesus for yourself and you make your own decision to follow Christ. Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you've got to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. You cannot live off of anybody else's uh, decisions to follow Jesus. You have to make that decision for yourself. And so the invitation is out there. Come and see this guy from Nazareth for yourself. Just give Jesus a try if i can help you do that in any way please contact me at the at at gmail.com and i will answer any question that you have and if you're not in my area i will help you find somebody wherever you're at that can answer your questions and point you to jesus so that you can start your walk with him today god bless you thank you for listening to the grinded podcast and hey share this message Share this message of Jesus with somebody. Tell them about the Grinded Podcast. Send them the link. So all they have to do is click on it and listen for themselves. And they too can make that decision that they can come and see this man from Nazareth for themselves. God bless you. Keep grinding. Thank you for listening to the Grinded Podcast today. May God bless you. If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrindedpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JF8, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro, off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus, and keep grinding.